0: to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. It's Friday. And you know, normally you find a nice, relaxing way to go into the weekend, but no, not this time, ladies and gentlemen. I had initially planned for this pod to be about something else entirely, but then Wednesday happened Wednesday 8 19 2020 a day that will be known forever to me as Andre Roberts day on Buffalo Bills social media the merits of keeping the wide receiver slash return man were debated extensively on this day and I thought to myself you know I've already done the research for the purposes of these arguments that I'm having right now Let's convert it to audio form. Let's make a case for Andre Roberts. And that's what this is. This is a pod dedicated to me telling you why the bills need to keep Andre Roberts on the roster for 2020. Okay, so there are two pieces of this argument. The first has to do with returning in general. And the second has to do with Andre Roberts, specifically his spot on the roster and the Buffalo Bills alternatives. Would you agree with me that special teams contributes to average starting field position for an offense? Of course, Bruce. Of course, I would agree with that. Would you also agree that quality return men contribute to the starting field position of an offense. Well, of course, Bruce, I would be ludicrous to not agree with that. Excellent. I'm glad you said that. These are the top 10 teams in the NFL in regards to starting field position last year. New England, San Francisco, New Orleans, Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore, Atlanta, Carolina, Buffalo, Cleveland. Of all those teams, which ones aren't good? Well, Cleveland wasn't great last year. Carolina wasn't very good last year. Atlanta came on there at the end. Buffalo made the playoffs. Baltimore was good. Minnesota was good. Seattle was good. New Orleans was. San Francisco was good. New England was good. Okay, there's a correlation between starting field position and team success. Let's look at the bottom 10. Jacksonville, the Chargers. Dallas, the Jets. Oakland, The Giants, Denver, Tennessee, Miami, Cincinnati. Huh. Dallas wasn't bad. Tennessee did well. Every other team on that list is bad. Do you think that's a coincidence? Or do you think that starting field position actually has a fairly significant correlation with team success because it has a correlation with points scored? Well, Bruce, it's, it's just one year, okay? That's really not statistically significant. Okay, fine. We'll go back another year. The top 10 from 2018. New Orleans, Houston, the Rams, Minnesota, Kansas City, Chicago, the Jets, Buffalo, Indianapolis, Cincinnati. The bottom 10 from 2018. San Francisco, who, by the way, had the number two overall pick because they were terrible. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Jacksonville, the Giants, Detroit, Oakland, Denver. Still a better correlation between the top 10 and the bottom 10. Teams at the top, like New Orleans. Houston was a playoff team. Minnesota was good. The Rams were good back then. Kansas City. These are good teams. They score points. There is a correlation between average starting position and team success, not directly, but because it correlates with points scored and points scored correlates with team success, that's how it correlates. It's transitively correlative. Field position matters. So if field position matters and returners matter toward good field position then returners matter. So we can establish that having a good returner is good. Now we can have a separate discussion as to how much value they actually provide. If you want to say, hey, we shouldn't play you know pay a career kick and putt returner seven million dollars a year, yeah, I'll get on board with that. But this isn't a discussion right now about how significant the correlation is, just that there is one. There is a correlation between field position and team success. And we know that having a good returner correlates with starting field position more than having a bad returner because that's basic, obvious logic. Shouldn't have to prove that with stats because they are a big part of whether or not your team has a significant advantage in starting field position over the other team. The top punt return yardage leaders... Last year contributed 338, 302, 281, 267, 264, 248, 240, 223, 214, and 208 yards toward their team that their offense didn't have to get. That matters. That absolutely matters. Picking up an additional 12.4 yards, which Deontay Johnson did for Pittsburgh, an extra 11.4 yards, which Braxton Berrios did. We talked about this when we talked about special teams coaches earlier in the offseason, how the Jets were able to get 11.4 yards per return out of Braxton Berrios, and he wasn't even there at the Jets facility until the very end because their special teams coach is the GOAT. That stuff matters. Now, specifically, Andre Roberts matters. So we've talked about returns in general and field position. And now we are going to have a really, really important conversation. And this is the crux of my argument right here. That was really high-level stuff. You know, I didn't want to go too far into it because I really wanted this to be about Buffalo Bills and Andre Roberts in specifics. But you have to answer me this question. If you want to come to me, And say, Bruce, I think we should cut Andre Roberts. You have to answer me this question. Who is returning punts? You have to. And here are your candidates. Behind door number one, you have Isaiah McKenzie, who returned them in 2018. And he returned them so well that he prompted the Bills to go out and sign Andre Roberts. Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills, senior NFL draft analyst for the Draft Network, tweeted out not too long ago, Isaiah McKenzie simply cannot be trusted as a ball handler. Four muffs in 38 career NFL punt return attempts, eight fumbles in 124 career NFL touches, 12 fumbles in college, one every 14.4 touches. He's the reason why we went out and got Andre Roberts to begin with. So you cannot replace Andre Roberts with him. In addition, that's also the reason he got cut from Denver. The reason he was even available to begin with for the Buffalo Bills to pick up off the scrap heap was because he could not control the football. So, if you come to me and say, we're going to have Isaiah McKenzie do do it, you have to tell me, Bruce, I'm okay with turning the ball over. Knowing full well the toxic differential, specifically turnovers and big plays, are a significant impact on winning and losing a game. In fact, I would argue that fumbling a punt is a double-dipping in toxic differential. It is simultaneously a turnover and a big play for the offense. It's the exact same result as them throwing the ball deep on fourth down and picking it up. Unless the punt is sub-20 yards, technically, that counts as both parts of toxic differential a big play for their offense and a turnover we know that toxic differential is important to winning and losing fumbling the ball on a punt is twice as bad as any other singular piece of data that you can input into the toxic differential formula because it is simultaneously a 20 plus yard play for that offense and also a turnover for you you cannot have it when it's time for me to get the ball I want to get the ball. You cannot let Isaiah McKenzie do it. Okay, Bruce. Well, maybe not Isaiah McKenzie. Maybe Micah Hyde. Okay. Micah Hyde is a very secure ball handler. Good for you. He also doesn't return it. He fair catches it. Well, he he had 5.3 yards per punt return. It is really important that you understand that fair catches do not count as punt returns for statistical purposes. So Micah Hyde only shows up as having three punt returns last year because every other time he got it, he fair catched it. And every other time he gets it, the vast majority of the time he fair catches it. Wade Phillips would say he's not a punt returner. He's more of a punt catcher. And if your counter argument to that is, well, Bruce, I mean, having a, having a punt catcher is not that bad. I mean, there's lots of theories out there that made, The idea of a punt returner may be a little silly. Maybe we don't do that. Maybe we just fair catch every punt. Too many risks, man. Too many risks, Bruce. We can't possibly return every punt. I'd rather have the extra roster space and just fair catch every punt. Okay. Let's have a chat about that. So, Roberts gained 223 yards on punt returns last year. Eight yards per return. Not only is that 23 yards of offense that the offense didn't have to actually get, because they get it automatically, with zero turnovers. If you subtract eight yards of starting field position from an offense 28 times, you have markedly impacted the ability to score points. In fact, that example would subtract, depending on where the eight yards occurred on the field, on average about 0.5 points per drive 28 times. That's 14 points over the course of the season. Andre Roberts is worth two touchdowns to the Bills. How many sixth wide receivers score two touchdowns for their team over the course of the year? Not a lot. Plus, in addition to those 14 points he's giving you over the course of the season, he is giving you the opportunity cost of not giving the ball back on turnovers. We just said... This whole offseason, that the goal is to score more points. And you want to hurt the offense's ability to score more points by fair catching every punt. The Bills were plus 55 in point differential in 2019. If you subtract those 14 points, they're at 41. The two closest teams to that point differential are Philadelphia and the Rams, and they both missed the playoffs. The contribution given by Andre Roberts to this team through only punt returning. I left out kick returns entirely through only punt returning is 14 points over the course of the year. And those 14 points are the difference between the bills and two teams who didn't make the playoffs. Eight yards. Every single drive matters. Now it's not going to be every single drive. But that's the difference between fair catching every punt and returning them. That's the difference right there. Okay, well, okay, so Isaiah McKenzie didn't think didn't work, Bruce, but the Micah Hyde thing didn't work either. Well, how about nobody? How about we we don't do it at all? We just let the ball bounce. No, I won't entertain that. Absolutely not. I'm not going to give up all the rolling that comes along with that. I'm not going to hurt field position. We already established the correlation between starting field position. Are you going to give an extra 10 to 15 yards up every single time? No, that's ludicrous. I won't even entertain it. Oh, well, okay. um, What about Robert Foster? Robert Foster's never done it before. What about Tywan Jones? He's never done it before either. What about Christian Wade? He's never done it before either you have to give me a reasonable alternative. And I haven't heard one yet. Every single person on our roster either has never done it before, doesn't do it effectively, or is too significant of a risk, like Micah Hyde, to expose to the potential hits on punt returns. Every single one. If you can point out to me somebody who fits the criteria, Someone who has done it, can do it for punts and kickoffs, and isn't going to put us in a similar situation as Andre Roberts, where we're going to be clamoring to get rid of the guy because we don't view his contributions to offense or defense significant enough? I'm all ears. But so far, we haven't gotten any of those. Well, Bruce, what about a free agent? Okay, what about a free agent? Tyler Irving got picked up. Kenyon Barner got picked up. Trevor Davis got picked up. Anthony Thomas got picked up. Dwayne Harris is available. But Dwayne Harris is going to be a wide receiver six. Which means he's going to be in the exact same boat as Andre Roberts. But he's not as good. So you're going to swap him out for a free agent returner. And then you're going to be in the same boat you are now. If you want to tell me that you want to get rid of Andre Roberts, you have to give me a viable alternative. And so far, I haven't gotten a single one. Not a single viable alternative to Andre Roberts. Here is a possibility cut down day. This is where I will open up my eyes to possibilities. If I can see somebody available on the waiver wire that can come in and give reasonable contributions on punt and kick returns while simultaneously playing a more significant role on offense then I'm all ears. Let's talk about it. But as of right now, not only do I not want to cut Andre Roberts, I'm scared to death he'll get hurt. You could make an argument that punt returner and quarterback are the two rooms where Brandon Bean has done the least impressive job of team building. Because if Andre Roberts gets hurt, we are left with all the alternatives I just said, all of which suck. That's bad. That's bad. If Josh Allen gets hurt, we're toast. So the backup quarterback's position and the backup returner position both scare me to death. They both scare me more than Josh Norman at CB2. That's right. They scare me more than that. So not only should you not cut Andre Roberts, you should wrap the guy in bubble wrap and hope he doesn't get hurt. Because if he does, we're toast. Ladies and gentlemen, a short Friday episode of the Bruce exclusive. We ran a little bit over yesterday doing the Josh Allen thing. So that makes sense. I initially had something completely different planned. This is the least prepared I have been for a podcast in a long time because I decided the day of that I was going to do this and change the plan. I can be flexible. Everyone says I can't be flexible. I can be flexible. I departed from the plan. My programming was altered. And it was altered because I had a point to make. And the point is keep Andre Roberts. Yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rock.